And you can't possibly manage all aspects of it yourself. So you need to partner with other people. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. How about you, Todd? Uh, man, I'm doing good. I've had this, uh, I, I probably don't talk about it very often because I I just don't want to, but I've had this nagging back injury, Matt, from for like, well, it's been going on for many, many years, uh, uh, nine plus years, but it was like super bad and it's like super distracting and now it's feeling better. So I'm like super pumped that I've, I've finally, I think, gotten over the hump and and uh, we're very close to being back to normal. So it's, it's good. Anybody who's listening who has had uh, like nagging injuries, especially with your back, you know, knows, man, it can just cause a lot of distractions in your life. So finally good to be back uh, moving around a lot better um, You know, not quite out of the woods, but you know, we're doing, we're doing the best we can. So anyways. Yeah. If you need I to move it. into an assisted living facility, I know of a few good ones. <laughs> Uh, that's what I felt like about, uh, you know, a month ago is like, man, I'm just going to have to move in. Like, I don't know. Somebody's going to have to wipe my butt and, you know, take care of me. So, uh, but I, I feel like I'm at least out of the woods right now. Hopefully, uh, it continues to get better and better, but, uh, so how about you? How's, how, how are things going, man? How uh, things are going well. I'm How's just- Madison, Wisconsin? It's a uh, you know beautiful city. I'm really liking it a lot. Um, yeah, my wife and I are settling in. Right. Love it, love it. Well, Matt, what are we going to talk about today? We're we've been doing this, um, you know, real estate, and uh, just talking about a bunch of different asset classes. Um, you know, we've hit on multifamily, of course. We've hit on uh, self storage and um, land and you know, retail and and so on. What are we going to hit on today? Yeah, this next one is not necessarily an asset class because it touches all asset classes, but it's more of an approach, I suppose. Uh, but it's really its own thing. Real estate development. Yeah. Yeah. Real estate development. And, um, you know, look, real estate development could be tricky. And, and I feel like most people that I know that have done real estate development, it is good times and bad times. It's sink or swim type of thing. Um, there's definitely a lot more risk, but there could be high amount of reward. And there's also different strategies within it too. And of course, with every asset class and every approach that we've talked about, there's different strategies within it. Um, I, I think the developers, in my opinion, who avoid some of that sink and swim are the developers that develop and they keep for long-term. They're holding on to these assets and they're holding on for 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe even longer years. Um, and, and they avoid kind of that uh, that big up and down cycle. Yeah. I mean, and it's really hard to time the market as well. Uh, you know, with real estate development, uh, you could have the best plan in place. And then, uh, you know, for 18 months, uh, you know, from ground up development, but then within the next 18 months, who knows, maybe there's a, a worldwide pandemic going on or a recession yep. or who knows. 
Yeah. Yeah. Our interest rates skyrocket faster than we've ever seen them skyrocket before. And, and so that's the biggest question mark, right? Is because by the time you get that land secured, okay. And then you get your plans in place and you get the approval and all of that. And be, by the time you finally start digging a hole and getting the construction in and getting it done and completed, and now we can start leasing it out, that can be 18 months, 24 months or longer. And so a lot of stuff can change pretty quickly. We might be three, four years, depending on the market that you're in, before that development actually becomes fully realized and occupied. Um, and man, if you get stuck in a cycle, that can be an issue, but it can also be great reward. Yep, I agree. I mean, you get a lot of more profitability in a shorter term than you can with a lot of other kinds of real estate, but the risk is certainly much higher. So you have to have a high risk tolerance to really love real estate development investing. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the one of the greatest rewards, in my opinion, are that you got a brand new building and brand new buildings are much easier to to manage they're they're obviously have pretty much no uh repairs and maintenance i shouldn't say no but very little especially capital improvement um you know the items um and they attract the highest quality tenant possible whether it's retail or office or residential or anything in between they're going to attract the highest quality um, tenant. Yes, indeed. And uh, of course, location, like any kind of real estate, really matters. So you have to do your research to see where are things growing. Uh, and for the kind of tenant that you're looking for, is it a good area for uh, them to rent from you or yeah. from whoever's buying the property from you if you're just uh, selling right away? Yeah. And you got to de de decide, you know, are, are you going to specialize in infill development or are you going to um, look for development in more of uh, the expanding portions of the city. Um, and like you said, location is huge. As with any piece of real estate, location is important, but I think development is more important than anything because we have to get it into a spot where tenants are going to move in. So again, if it's industrial, you got to have it in a place where industrial tenants want that location. If you just slap it up anywhere, Good luck. Like you might not get filled out. Same with retail. If it's not on a busy corridor, you know, if it does, it's not a great intersection, doesn't have good road visibility, good, um, it, it, you know, egress and ingress, like good luck filling that. I don't care how pretty it looks. If it's in a bad spot, you know, people don't want it. If you got urban infill uh, and you're expecting to get $2,000 a month on, on rent on a, you know, multifamily building and everything around it's getting, you know, a thousand bucks a month, like good luck. You know, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, you, you got to really pay attention to your numbers and your location. And one of the things that, that a lot of developers will do is a feasibility study. And that kind of helps protect some of our downside uh, risk. A lot of these companies became very good and well-versed at you know, running these feasibility studies and being pretty accurate and understanding what, is coming down the pipeline too. And that's a big part of it is you, you don't want to just know what is built already. You don't want to know what's been approved to be built. You want to know what's in the process of getting approved to be built as well. So we know, Hey, 
Are we going to be stuff stuck holding the bag? Yeah. And I mean, it's really difficult to do real estate development as well. I think that scares a lot of people away, you know, including the higher risk because the process of getting the permitting and uh, rezoning and things like that. And, and it's uh, market dependent. Like some municipalities are, are really difficult to get the permitting in place to be able to build something new. Uh, yep. But that just means you'll have less competition at the same time. Yeah, look, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, right? It's a it's a bad thing because it's a pain in the butt, uh, and and it can take a long time potentially, and that can really put some risk on the table. But it's a good thing because it is a pain in the butt, and it and it scares people away and makes people not want to do it. So, you know, developers can be successful in, in cities that are extremely hard to get permits. Um, you you can be successful you could be successful in those cities. Now you also look at some of these cities where it's really easy to get permits. And that's where you start to sometimes have problems. You'll pick out a city like Phoenix, Arizona right now. They have way more buildings, way more buildings coming onto market than what they need. You know, I think the last I heard, they've got something like 22,000 uh, units for multifamily coming on to the market and they only need like 9,000 units, um, you know, that's going to hurt. And it's not just Phoenix. It's it's a lot of these markets, Atlanta and Austin and, you know, so on. So we, even though the population growth is good and that's what people get excited about, if too many people get excited at the same time <laughs> and they're not paying attention, uh, very quickly, your lovely uh, development that you think is going to make you a ton of money is going to be like, man, this could potentially be lopsided quickly. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're trying to hold on to it for the long term for rents or you're trying to sell it to somebody else, they're going to look at it and see like, hey, there's such high uh, vacancy rates that uh, I can only offer you so much for this property. Yeah. Yeah. Quite frankly, actually, in the Twin Cities, uh, we have a development problem too here. We've got more units getting developed than what we need. And so we're gonna we're gonna have a vacancy issue. Um now it will eventually get swallowed up and and same with the with Phoenix and Austin and Atlanta and so on. But um, you know, you've got a time period where there's gonna be some issues. Yep. That uh, reminds me that uh, it was kind of fun a couple of years ago when St. Paul put their draconian uh, rent laws, rent control laws into place and included for new developments. So like all the new developments just stopped overnight when yeah. that passed. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be paying attention to those obviously rules as a developer and what's going on. Um, and that is one, you know, thing I will say as a developer, it, it, it is something you don't want to do because it costs you a lot of money to go through the entire process, but you can pause development as long as you haven't gotten too far. Right. And so, so even though, and, and I've talked to developers that have done this and the reasoning is, look, I, I want to get this development off the ground, but we got to a point where it felt like it didn't make sense anymore to move forward. And, we were going to lose likely more money building than we were if we just said, we're going to put this thing on hold. Um, and so you got to be smart about just looking at the market and thinking about, okay, is, does, does this make sense moving forward? Yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, this, I also uh, keep in mind that I, back in 2020, when the Minneapolis riots were going on, there was a new development, uh, maybe a 40 or 50 unit place, a couple miles from my house that got burnt down from those riots. <laughs> when it was just almost done, just like 
a month or something away from being finished. <laughs> I remember burned that. down. Man, yeah, uh, obviously nothing you can do as a as a developer for something like that. That's that's why we have insurance, and yeah, hopefully they got taken care of for that. So as a developer, look if you're gonna if you're gonna be in development, and I think if you listen to this and you're like, well, you know, I I do like the idea of owning brand new assets, and I do like the idea of development. Uh, I think the the number one thing to get into this industry is you have to pick what kind of what are you going to focus on? So are you going to be the one that sources the land and the labor? Are you going to be the one that actually runs the construction job? Are are you going to be the one that puts the money together with the whole deal and the financing and all that kind of stuff? Like there's multiple ways to get into this avenue, right? In the development. And the the other way too, is that you're going to say, hey, we're going to, I'm going to partner with a developer that does this. We're going to partner with them and we're going to buy the asset from them and take their risk off the table, right? So we're going to say, hey, you know, develop, Mr. Developer, you've got this project. We like it. We know you're going to sell it. We're going to buy it right now, right, from you, or we're going to buy it after a certain amount of time but you're not good at lease up. You're not good at management. We're going to do that. And so you build it. We buy it. We expect a discount. This is the discount we need in order to make these, to make the money we need. And, and oftentimes you can strike a deal that makes sense for both sides. The developer could say, yeah, I can sell this to you for, you know, $20 million. And you say, yeah, I can buy it for 20 million dollars and I'm going to take the lease up risk um and I'm going to take the financing risk and all that kind of stuff and we're going to we're going to get this deal done. So that is a, a strategy or again be the developer or be the contractor. Uh, there's a lot of ways to get into this development game. I think that's great advice cuz development is just so complex. There's so much going on, you know, unless you're just building a a single family house or a duplex or something, you can't possibly manage all aspects of it yourself. So you need to partner with other people. And that's a great way to get into it. If you've never done development, partner with somebody who's already experienced and successful with it. Yep. Another way too is to, and this is, this is kind of on the land side, right? But to find a parcel that works really well for either a redevelopment opportunity or find several parcels that you can kind of put together if we're talking urban in core or infill. I mean, uh, we can take several parcels and we can put them together. We can get them under contract either on, on an option or we can actually purchase them. And then we can work on rezoning for the highest and best use and get the approval from the city. And then we go to developers and say, hey, this is teed up, ready to go for a multifamily project. You don't have to do anything. It's just ready to roll. The city's ready to go. And you can either sell it to them and make a profit on that, or you can sell it to them and keep your profits into the deal as an equity portion of the deal. Right. So you can say, look, I got this land tied up. I'm going to include the land in the deal. And I want X amount of GP in order to do that. And that's another way to do a, a deal. Or you can, again, you, it doesn't have to be urban uh, infill. It could be a, a piece of a farm. It could be, you know, a former hotel. It, you know, there's all kinds of stuff it could be. It could be zoned something totally different. 
And as long as you buy it or put it under an option to buy, and then you get it zoned properly for whatever the highest and best use is, and maybe even do feasibility studies. I mean, there's so many, so much work you could do just to tee it up, to get it ready for a developer and then get that developer engaged and get some of the profits for that. Yeah, exactly. Even if there's pre-existing properties on there, a lot of people are looking at those potentially buying those properties and fixing those properties up. But if you're a developer, you look at these properties in the land and the space and, and the, the neighborhood, and you can see like, hey, there's a potential for me to redevelop this, tear the stuff down and build something new that's going to really meet the needs of the community a little bit better. And I'm yeah. going to make a lot more money at the same time. So maybe you can outbid some of these people that are trying to buy these single family houses, then you buy the lot, like the whole area and Right. something big. Right. Absolutely. So a lot of ways you can skin the cat. I think the most important part for development is, is really learning about whatever niche you want to go after and then focus on that. Partner with people that have experience, especially when you're first starting. It's a really, in my opinion, an industry or a, a niche of real estate that you can get burned on pretty quickly. So make sure you've got the resources in place, the people and the resources in place to be successful for it. Um, and and don't try to just go at it alone and think you're going to develop a 100-unit apartment complex or a, a big retail strip mall or, or something like that just on your own. I, I would highly suggest partnering with the right people. I agree. So, Matt, what else do we need to hit on with development? I mean, there's there's definitely so much more. I, I mean, I think that's the gist. Uh, you know, as long as you're partnering with people who are already su currently successful, uh, that's the big takeaway here. I, I think people should, you know, listen from this episode. Yeah, and I think just doing your feasibility studies and understanding what's going on with the market and what the 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 demands are, and what the highest and best use of that property is, and sometimes developing properties may not make sense, or developing certain type of properties may not make sense. I know I would not want to be uh, starting a development in some of the cities that I've mentioned uh, right now. And there might be other cities that in my, development would be a great thing. And I look at you know, some of the cities I'm in, and there's areas of those cities that are great development opportunities, quite frankly. And I think they're going to do really well over the next you know, couple of years. So you have to understand what the opportunities are in your specific location and uh, decide, Hey, is it the right time to develop? Or maybe we should put a pause on it for a little while. Um, obviously the best time, and we can talk about any niche in asset class, the best time to get in is when people are scared. And so when we talk about some of the markets I talked about, Maybe it's not right now, but maybe you should start prepping. Maybe you should start looking for that land. Maybe you should start thinking about it because we might be finding that you're going to see some discounts happening as those projects hit the market and the market gets too saturated and people get scared. That's when you want to be ready to start that project. Not when people are over exuberant, right? Or just kind of, I think right now they're waiting to see what happens. And and once the fear starts, that's when you want to be ready to pounce. Exactly. I mean, at the same time, you can't time the market, but uh, there are those strong indicators that uh, can help you make better decisions. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, I don't have anything else unless you do. Um, 
That's yeah. it for today. That's it. All right, Matt, you have a fantastic rest of the day. And to our listeners, make every day Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.